0: In our time as well. Let me give you an example. A few years ago Ron and I had the opportunity to teach Dante's Divine Comedy or Commedia in a maximum security prison. And we had just begun and we were talking about one of the first sinners in hell. And an inmate put up his hand and said, that's me. That's why I'm here. I did what she's doing right here in this poem. And I think in a way that for academics perhaps hit it harder than ever before is the fact that this poem is really of universal significance and of contemporary value. Anybody who reads the poem seriously is going to confront him or herself. Issues of our day, as well as Dante's day, because although obviously we need some historical background and we know that Dante's original audience is different than ourselves in many ways. Nevertheless, the universality of Dante's concerns, the extraordinary breadth of what he has to say mean that this poem really can work on us every much, every bit as much as it worked on somebody living in Dante's own time.
1: Yeah, let me piggyback on what Bill said uh, by giving another specific instance here. Uh, like everybody else, Dante scholars were anxious to jump on the millennium craze, and they had a millennium conference, and all the advertisements went out and said, this is your once-in-a-thousand-year-lifetime uh, opportunity to, uh, to sort of talk about Dante. They even had a slogan, uh, and the slogan was, When we get to the 21st century, we'll find that Dante is there waiting for us. And corny as it sounded, it seemed to me it was not only effective but accurate because the sorts of concerns that are in the poem are the sorts of concerns that are of as much interest to people in the 21st century. So that, for example, it is a poem that deals with uh, the way in which we have to wrestle with political institutions. uh, How are we to be governed? Uh, what is justice and what is injustice. It deals with the idea of spiritual transformation. Uh, it deals with issues like what are good reasons for writing a poem and what are good reasons for reading a poem. So the, the really big issues that folks have wrestled with um, turn out to be central uh, to the Commedia. And what we want to do is try and uh, give you the best possible entryway into those particular issues.
0: If you will, just as Virgil and later others are Dante's guide, the purpose of a guide is, of course, to, in a sense, make him or herself irrelevant. That's our goal, too. If we're your guides through this particular reading of Inferno and Purgatorio and Paradiso, what we hope is that you will go back to the poem many times and you'll find that perhaps memories of your guide are valuable, but you're now really ready to proceed on your own. And so to start, let's talk just a little bit about what makes the poem so
1: complex. First thing, of course, is that it's very long. It's 14,000 lines long, and as we said, divided into three parts, and each of those three parts is further subdivided. Dante uh, invents a term, or at least uh, gives a new meaning to the term canto, simply means a song, and they become the sort of chapter divisions of each of the three parts of the poem, and indeed of the poem as a whole. So there are 34 cantos in the Inferno, 33 in the Purgatorio, and 33 in the Paradiso. Again, the grand total of 100. Each of those 100 cantos itself a complex uh, piece of work, uh, and further subdivided according to another ingenious scheme that Dante develops, a particular way of rhyming things, a particular way of having a kind of small stanza, which Dante calls terza rima. What would that be, third rhyme or triple rhyme?
0: Exactly, and so every canto has a number of these tercets as we call them, this group of three lines. They average about 140 lines per canto. Nevertheless, some are shorter, some are longer. But the rhyme scheme is extraordinarily important if you're going to understand the beauty of the language of the poem. To put it in the simplest terms, it's A, B, A, B, C, B. In other words, the first and third lines of one tercet rhyme with the second line of the next tercet, and then those first and third lines interlock with the middle line of the next tercet, and so on. So it's an extraordinarily complex rhyme scheme, a lot easier to do, we might add, in Italian, than it would be in other languages. Oh, for example, English would come to mind.
1: Yeah, so what that means, of course, is that anybody dealing with it in a modern English translation is going to be faced with uh, a very different...